Hello, and welcome to a very spooky episode of the Sister Time Podcast. Whoa. And it's even spookier because in order to try to be good at audio, we are recording under a blanket. Yeah, it's like fort. a fort. We're having a great time. It's I awesome. Hope it sounds good. We don't know anything about yeah, what we'll we're see. doing. Yeah, we'll see whether this works. JK, we're very good professionals, and I definitely have looked up anything about how to record real good. Don't at us. Don't at me. <laughs> I don't want to hear your opinions. You know what we should do? We should do warm-ups. No. Yeah. I don't want to do extra things. No, because that'll get us in the in the flow, you know? All right, let's flow it up. All right, so... Tell me a joke. Um, I don't have any jokes today. I don't either. I don't... My uterus hurts. That's the only joke I have. I feel like all I can talk about right now is my period, but that's because it's, like, consuming my entire life. She was crawled up on, on the ground like a dead bug earlier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm Probably. trying not to move my head too much because I think the rustling... The rustling makes the sound. The rustling of the it's blanket. It's a spooky sound, It's a spooky though. sound. What's the spookiest thing that's ever happened to you, Abby? Well, last night I think somebody tried to follow me. Oh, yeah? I had my sexy outfit on. My my boobs looked great. <laughs> but maybe too good. Maybe too good. But maybe he wasn't. Maybe I imagined it, but I'm pretty sure he was. Is that the spookiest thing that's ever happened to you, though? No. Did you ever like, see a ghost? I've never seen a ghost. Oh, you sound so disappointed. I am very disappointed. I think I've done a comic about this before where I'm just like, oh, where's the ghosts? Uh-huh. Why don't they show themselves to me? Because the thing is, Abby, honestly and truly, as much as I love spooky stuff, ghosts aren't real. Ghosts aren't real. I'm so sorry. I know a lot of people out there believe in ghosts and I don't think less of you and I love to hear your tales. Um, I do. I'm sorry. I'm just going to go ahead and say that like ghosts are real and if you believe in ghosts I do think that you're kind of wacky. Like a little wacky. I know people are going to be so mad because the thing is that like every other person believes in ghosts but I'm just going to go ahead and say. It's it's more of my audience You're wacky. Oh. You're you're about you're a wacky bunch because yeah like don't there's this one yeah Abby's still a big fan so don't worry about that but you you only have to worry about me like there's this one girl at work one time who I like casually was making jokes about how ghosts don't exist and she got all quiet and I was like oh gosh damn it I mean spirit spirit forces sure fine whatever whatever I agree though that like. As much as I don't believe in ghosts, I still am like, hey, maybe don't, like, you know, dance on a grave or whatever. Like, just better Man, safe than sorry. As somebody who has gone to a graveyard at night hoping to see ghosts, I don't know, man. Dancing on a grave might not be enough. What do you if need you to really do? want it, then they'll still just be like, eh, she wants it so bad, though. I don't know what you need to do. I haven't seen a ghost yet. Have you? What have you tried? Well, I went to the graveyard at night. Also, I was very scared. Turns out, like, I might talk a big game about... <laughs> being all fearless, which I don't think I do, but I might. I don't know. Well, you know, liking spooky stuff, I think, makes yeah. it sort of like, oh, and like, I'm not scares. scared of movies, but if I am alone in a graveyard at night, for one thing, I'm terrified that the police are going to come and arrest me. Right, right. Logical. But also, I'm just like, oh, a hand could reach up any moment and just grab me. Oh, that man. would be very scary. Just like in the movies. Just like in the movies. I, on the other hand, am easily scared of just about any dang thing in the entire world. Ah, I'm also very scared of being alone in the apartment at night. Oh, no. Which happens a lot. I still don't have a roommate. Oh, Abby still has a roommate. I put up an ad many days ago and no one responded Well, the thing is me. that here is what your ad said. It was it was a very short two paragraphs, mostly about how spooky you were. Hey, it, there it was, was one sentence. Uh, no, it was there were at least two okay. sentences of f- like four in which you said, "I am a That's very spooky exactly. person and would like to live with someone else who is very spooky." It made it sound like you have Wiccan gatherings in your apartment. I did also then say, "I tend to have a few dinner parties, but you know, most of my friends are not of the partying variety." See exactly. That's just, in that voice. It sounds like you have a dead body in the apartment right now. 
Like, that's that's what it sounded like. Or that you are the kind of person who is likely to, on short notice, bring home a dead body. I can't, I can't blame anyone, is what and I'm I saying. And I won't refute that claim. But the thing is probably that it was actually the snake. Yeah, because also I was just like, I have a snake. She's very nice and doesn't bite and she's not venomous. And probably saying those things is enough to have somebody imagine it, like, themselves puts being it bit. in their head. Yeah, they wouldn't have thought. Maybe they wouldn't have thought about it. But see, they also tend to make assumptions about if you own a snake, which is you let it roam around. It's like 12 feet long and it's going to strangle you in your sleep. Yep. Or is venomous. People just get squicked out by snakes. Like, I, you know. I took it out and now people are responding to me. Yeah, like as soon as you take out the sentence that mentions the snake. And also all of the spooky, culty stuff. Yeah, I'm sure that has an effect. Yeah. Anyway. Because you know what, Abby? You know what? Most people are normal. You're a very nice person. And you're very normal. And they would love to live with you. So you just need to say absolutely nothing about yourself. I mean, I do have my little bone zone. That's like you do have your bones, bones on, but that's bone fine. Corner. You know, like bones are hipsterish type it's stuff. True. Things, you know, like you could have like a gold skull. Gold. Uh, you could have like a goat skull on the wall, I and do. that would be like totally within the realm of normality right now. Goat skull is my favorite skull. So this week on the Sister Time podcast, we're mixing it up a little bit because there is something I really want to talk about. Abby's basically written a dissertation on this. <laughs> I have to talk about this because I have watched Are You Afraid of the Dark all the way through at least five times. I know all of the episodes. How many episodes are there? Well, there's about 13 per season. And how many Sometimes seasons? Sometimes 20 per season. There's seven seasons. Oh, my God. So on the modest side, that's 13 times seven times five. That's many. How many hours of your life? I can't recall. But you don't care because it you love it. all blends together. I do. You love it. I have a passion for this show. Why I really. You? I, I don't know. It's not like it's a good series. But you know what? I like that it's kids horror because a lot, like the um, Tales from the Crypt. Like Tales oh, yeah. from the Crypt, most of it it's is sex goofy. horror. Oh, yeah. And it's sex horror. It's just like, ooh, sex. And also it's really a detective story. And all of murder. his like double entendres are like, uh, well, does, great, he does have no, some no, that His are intros sexy. are great. <laughs> no matter what he does, I'm just like, I love you, Crypt Keeper. Oh. You're so cute. But so, yeah. So why why is Are You Afraid of the Dark? A better horror show than Tales well, from the Crypt. Better is a word. I don't know if I would use that word. More satisfying for you personally. It probably has something to do with the nostalgia of having watched it as a kid. Uh-huh. I but, mean, we um, watched Tales from the Crypt, too, though. Oh, that was my cat. I, I closed the door and locked the cat out. Oh, she's not going to like that. She's going to scream. She's going to scream. It's okay. It's ambiance. <laughs> it's anyway. Like, yeah, the cat screaming in the background is just spooky layers. Indeed. But I think I like this because... Uh, I love. <laughs> it's gonna distract you, isn't it? The cat, cr- the cat crying. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just run and get the. Cat. No, 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 no. It's fine because okay. if you get her, like we have to leave the door closed, and if you get her, she'll be worse. Okay. Okay. Anyway, horror for kids is not something that people do a lot of anymore. Like we have uh, over the garden wall and that kind of thing, but we don't have goosebumps. We don't have. Are you afraid of the dark? Well, but let me think about it. What do we? There's some stuff. I mean, there are things Nothing that are like kind are of, you of weird. Has... I guess there aren't things that are out and out horror. Yeah, like this is definitely something that for some reason people don't do anymore. They're just like, whoa, we can't have our children seeing this. But like as a kid well, but like, who thrived on it, it's amazing. But kids shows get plenty weird, like Flapjack. Oh, Flapjack! Like, I feel that like wasn't... that got canceled because of stuff like that. Horror. Oh, I loved it. it... It was so creepy, though, sometimes. I mean, it had, like, weird body horror moments. Yeah. SpongeBob like does some episode. stuff like that, too. Yeah. But like, it's, it's on a still. lower scale. 
Yeah. But they get away with it somehow. Some kind of wacky stories. And there's always like a scary episode of something. Like, yeah, there's like the Halloween episode. There's specials. the Halloween episode, yeah. And what but about But nothing um, like an anthology series for kids that is all horror all the time. Yeah, I guess that's true. And some mysteries. But uh, I think I also like it because I love those little nuggets in stories that are just like, oh, that's a really good thing. And that's really fun. Like what in we the do mass in all of, of our. Not goodness. Yeah. I mean, it's what we do with all of our shows, but for some reason I volunteer to do it. I'm going to go at least open the door. Okay. Yeah, just a crack. Enough that she's satisfied. <laughs> we look spooky from the outside. Oh, good. Okay, Kat, the door is open. We're under a blanket anyway. I think she stole some of your socks. Oh, she does that. She also loves a hat, and she brings that hat around everywhere. <laughs> so, Abby. <laughs> yes. Let's talk about some characters. Yes. So, Abby, who are your favorite characters? So, Are You Afraid of the Dark, for those who didn't watch it. Everyone watched it. Everyone did. Everyone knows what we're talking about. I hope. But it's an anthology series about a group of weird kids which meets in the woods and exchanges creepy tales. Creepy tales. And some of these kids, we got Gary. He's like the leader, I guess. He's got glasses. And all of his stories include a character named Sardo. No mister, accent on the dough. He always says that. He's a magic shop owner. Oh my god, Spoons is freaking out because we're under a blanket. <laughs> Spoons we're can't handle that here. we're under a blanket. She's like, this is really scary that you guys are under a blanket. Please stop scaring me. I'm just a cat. What if when we take this blanket off? There's ghosts outside? There's ghosts outside. There's something standing right behind us right now outside yeah. of this blanket. And it's the cat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so he has a younger brother. His name is Tucker. That's all you gotta know. He's like the annoying character. He's uh-huh. the one for the younger kids in the audience. There's also Frank. The series actually opens with his story. He's like this little badass guy. Mm-hmm. He's got his like shoulder cuffs ripped off or whatever. And he's like, yeah, it's me. I'm Frank. Shoulder cuffs? What Sleeves. are those called? <laughs> yes. <a sleeve. laughs> he has ripped them from his jacket. He has, he has removed his sleeves. Yes. That's how you know. from his coat. He is the businessman. Yes. He, he is, will get down to the business of punching. He is in the 90s. That just equates directly with I'm the tough one. He is, I have the toughest muscles. He's very tough. If you punch me, it's like punching a wall, a teen wall. <laughs> a wall of teen flesh. Yep. But uh, so he starts off the series with the tale of the Phantom Cab, which I don't know if I'd recommend. The Surprisingly, they let him in after that story. <laughs> They're like, "Good job!" Oh yeah, because they all decide job. whether or not. Yeah, uh, so we're you know we get the rules of the Midnight Society down, so that's a good way to start it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He also has a, a character, a repeating character in his stories called Doctor Vink with a va va va, who is not a nutbag. What is it with with the motifs? Because it's fucking cute. That's what it is with the motifs. It's I don't like knowing things, though. Like, I don't like it being like, anytime this guy tells a story, it's going to have this character in it. But the thing with Dr. Vink and Sardo is, like, you don't actually know what it's going to be about. Like, Sardo owns a magic shop, and basically what happens is a kid walks in, probably buys something that he shouldn't. Sort of a needful shouldn't. things situation. Needful things, except he has no idea what any of it is. So he's just like, ooh, we have this mysterious box. Uh, it's this much. And then the kid is like, I only have this much. And he's like, JK, it's that much. And he takes that. <laughs> and then it winds up actually being something very powerful. And then later on they go back and they're like, Sardo, what the fuck? And he's like, oh, shit, I could have gotten way more dollars for that. But does it always follow that formula? It does. But uh, Dr. Vink is never the same. Okay. Dr. Vink, you have no idea what he's going to be. In one episode, he's a man who makes the most dangerous soup in the world. Or whatever. The most dangerous soup in the world. <laughs> the most dangerous soup. You have to hunt the soup. Yep. Or you're hunted. Wait. 
it uh, yeah. the, you, you know, the soup hunts you. Oh yes, that's the one. Uh-huh. It's that's a pretty weird one. I love that one though. Uh-huh. It's pretty silly. It's got what's her face in it. What's her name? Uh, Nev Campbell. Mm-hmm. She's in it. She's a baby. Well, a teen baby. Uh, he actually plays. So there's an episode you guys might remember called "The Tale of Laughing in the Dark," mm. which is pretty fun. It's like episode three of season one. Uh, Zebo the clown is the villain, and it's like. He smokes cigars. He smokes cigars. He's kind of just like a clown that's evil. I really like that episode. Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty fun. Throughout the series, actually, characters call each other Zebes in reference to this. It's really cute. Like, give me that in a sentence. Like, how do they say Don't be such a Zeb. In what way are they being a Zeb? Bad. Like, you said, like, basically they're using it interchangeably with Dweeb, but it's their cute little word. Ah. Cute. <laughs> Did you have friends like this when you were a kid? No. Oh. Do you have friends like this now? No. Do you want friends like this? Actually, I do have friends like this. Oh, you do? They live in Vancouver. Shout out to my Vancouver pals. Vanks. That's what they call Vancouver. Wait, I actually right? have two groups of friends in Vancouver. Vankers. Well, they'll figure out which one they are. Maybe it's both. Those Vankers. I don't think they call themselves that. And they do now. Okay. But yeah, like, I, I never had friends like this. Like, I never had friends where we had, like, a secret get-together thing weekly. Like, I didn't have anything scheduled with my friends. It's probably because we lived out in the suburbs way far away from everybody else. So it's like... Yeah, no one could ever come out with us. Basically, I was just like, you guys want to come to my house? And they're like, no. It's very far away. It's far. And I'm like, you can drive. I drive to your house, and you're an hour away from me. And they're like, but everybody lives where I live. Yeah, because we're rich. I really envied kids who, like, actually live next door to people Not they we. really like. I meant them. They're rich. We live in the middle of yeah, nowhere we where live, it's cheap. Yeah, we they live far out. <laughs> in, like, the rich hu- suburbs. Yeah, like, the places where you, like, ha- actually have, like, parents who are friends. And the kids are also friends. That, like, literally never happened to us. We, nope. The parents That's kept on trying to force it. Like, the parents kept on being like, look, we have kids who are also your age. Be friends with those kids. And we were like, no, your kids are terrible. Yeah, they were terrible. Guthrie had some friends in our neighborhood, and they were terrible. Yeah, but he was terrible, too. It's true. Sorry, Guthrie. Hey, oh, sorry. We love well, our no. brother. Terrible in a boy way. You know, like, they wanted to, like, go be shooting possums or, or throwing bricks at cars or whatever, like, teen boys do. Smoking the weed. Smoking weed and talking Meanwhile, we about we were just girls. like, I like to write like, stories in my room alone. I like to read. Yeah, we're wild. We were wild <laughs> But, kids. gosh, but I wanted to be them. I wanted gosh, to be the Midnight Society. but I wanted to society. have the Midnight Society in my life. My God, yes. Just walking out into the woods and, like, setting and a fire like, and telling creepy tales. where my friends come every other night and we tell scary stories. <gasps> that would have been so nice. I think that's why I like the series so much. It's just, like, the idea of that. It's still yeah. exciting to me even now. Oh. Well, we should start one. Here. Like, we, we live 15 minutes away from each other now. It's like, true. We could just set a fire in the park let's put an ad on craigslist and be like spooky people yeah that, that'll never backfire no it seems like a great way to make friends right yep craigslist yep. super reliable it's been great for finding me horrible roommates yeah uh anyway there's more characters yeah there's kiki who is like this fun spunky lady girl person mm-hmm. i like her a lot there's some other ones the one i love the most i think is stig who actually shows up i think season three so he is trying out he's like a friend of tucker's and he's kind of like a gross grungy little boy from the 90s he doesn't shower people are kind of grossed out by him seems very like a damp boy yeah perhaps a greasy man child pretty moist yeah kind of slippery ew slippery child yep uh that's stig and that was me so i'm just like yes yeah i continue to be the small greasy child yes that's you you never stop to be in that greasy I definitely identify with him as, just, like, the one who doesn't quite fit in, and they're all kind of, like, 
seriously, if you don't know why you're being annoying right now, I can't even tell you. Exactly. But, oh, man, I was definitely the kid where people, like, would... It was kind of fun for them to just be like, ew, don't let her touch you. And that Aww. was through, like, high school. Aww. Forever. Until I finally learned about uh, clothes. Well, and, like, God, who, who was supposed bathing? to tell us? No one. I well for one, never mind. We I'm not getting into that because there's a whole thing. Yeah. Well, mom was always just like, "Don't you want to wear something that doesn't have holes in it?" And I'm like, "Don't tell me what to do." <laughs> Little did we know, mom I don't was right the whole the rules time. Of society. I'm my own woman. Anyway, yeah. I, I made mistakes. Society punishes those of us who who don't conform. Period. I mean, well, it's I the mean, oldest story ever told. I also don't think it was because it's necessarily what I wanted to do so much as I didn't think I deserved to wear nice things oh, because no. I was fat and hated myself. Oh no. Yeah, so I was just like, well, people are going to think I'm gross no matter what anyway. So I might as well. So I might as well embrace it and just be like, I'm the gross one. Haha, it's funny that I, like, you know, try to touch you and then you flinch away and scream. You know what? And this is kind of one of the fallacies of not just Are You Afraid of the Dark, but a lot of entertainment that I think is geared towards teens is that it just really doesn't deal with the depth of unpleasantness. Like, oh it's, it barely like the skims kids the surface. Of, they'll be like, ah, ha, ha, we don't like that person. But it's not just, it's like, not, the deep cuts. Yeah. I think, honestly, Stephen King does an all right job yeah. in, of, of, like, portraying the, the stakes at which these children live. Straight up getting stabbed. Just how horribly painful it is. Like, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Maybe the reason why we either wanted it or continue to want it now is because it is ultimately a safe space. It is. And, like, sure, Stig is kind of gross. But like he's they, also like obnoxious on purpose. So he yeah, kinda like he's kind of like what I did, where it's kind of like you lean into it. You're just like, haha, I am gross. And like when he finally is let into the society, because he is not let in on his first try. Yeah, it was great. It was just like whoa. That was like almost depth sort of it. real. Yeah, yeah. It was just like no, no, you don't always get to be in the fun little society. But the thing is, his tryout episode is the one everybody remembers. Right, yeah, I'm Dead Man's Float. You guys know Dead Man's Float. <laughs> Because that is the one where uh, the kid wants to learn how to swim, find a pool that has been abandoned in their school for, like, 50 years because people kept drowning in it. Like, the episode actually opens with a kid drowning, which is pretty fun. Because this is something a lot of shows never do. They actually killed kids on this show. No one ever died in Goosebumps. People died No one ever died in Goosebumps? That's not true. There was a kid who turned into a plant. That's not dying. He's a plant. (laughs) <laughs> well, he, was, he turned into a plant, though. Well, they skipped around it. This kid drowned. What about in Chicken Chicken? Didn't turn into a chicken? Uh, yeah, but well, she turns into a chicken a little bit, but then, then in the end, she her? turns into a pig. Well, she turns into a pig. No, She's still alive. Did she turn into a pig? I, can't I, don't, I never watched that But one. they always ended with a twist. They always ended with like, a, oh, actually, this kid might die. Monster blood? Monster blood, nobody died. I remember a giant hamster. Yeah, that was really stupid. Another thing about, okay, so people like Goosebumps is bad. Goosebumps is like, Goosebumps is very bad. bad. It's very bad. Are you afraid of the dark? Has very good moments, like legitimately uh, good moments. It has good moments, but so does Goosebumps. Goosebumps mm, has good moments. No, much more difficult to go back and rewatch. I've watched this one a lot. Oh, the Goosebumps show is what we're talking about. We're talking about both. Like, I mean, it, we would have to compare the shows because the books. Because are, yeah, are like you afraid of the dark? Never had books. Compare, yeah. So show to show though. You'd pick Are You Afraid of the Dark every time? Absolutely. Over Goosebumps? Yep. And if Are You Afraid of the Dark had a book series, I would still pick the book series of Are You Afraid of the Dark over this, or over Goosebumps. Anyway, that's my opinion. So back to Stig, this character I like. Yeah. Uh, Having him rejected based on, like, a really amazing story was also just, like, great. No matter how good you are, if the people don't like you, you're still not going to get in. Mm -hmm. It's just so sad. 
But he comes back. They give him a second shot. And his second shot was Station 109.1, which is something that people remember now because Ryan Gosling is in it. Yep. As a tiny little Gosling boy. And you know what? He's not that cute. Oh, I thought he was. I mean, like... I guess it's also hard to say, like, at this point, whether or not 11-year-old me would have thought he was cute. Yeah, because, like, you're not 11 anymore, so of course you're not going to think he's cute. Gilbert Gottfried is also in it. Oh, yeah, Gilbert Gottfried. Anyway, that one is about a goth kid. Oh, I didn't even finish the synopsis of Dead Man's Float. Okay, in that one, they find a pool, and people were drowning, and then there's a ghost in it. And it's fine because it's just a ghost and you don't see it, but then they're just like, ooh, we have this chemical that will dye it red. Mm -hmm. So then they dye it red, and it's like this horrible monster that's all bright red and goopy and it's so great and that's why it stuck with people if they had just picked a different color i don't know if it would have stuck as well because it's uh, like a horrible know. skull monster and it's bleeding i feel like if it were green i also would have been like what the fuck the cat is attacking the blanket oh my gosh <laughs> cannot handle Spoons this is like what are you doing in there? This is what a are nightmare. you doing? A nightmare for spoons. Oh my gosh, she won't stop. <laughs> She's like, why She's are you trying to get in? Here, look, you're in the clubhouse now. There you go. Oh, oh she wants good. to be up here yeah. with us. Come on. Nope. Okay, never mind. She so just that's Dead Men's Float. That's Dead Men's Float. And then uh, Station 109.3, there's a goth kid who is not Ryan Gosling, but Ryan Gosling's <laughs> brother. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> she just, I'm so she sorry. She just won't stop. Well, you did. Anyway, so Ryan Gosling's brother is this horrible <laughs> child who wants to die. And it's just kind of like, well, here horrible. you get. Yes, yes, definitely. Here, you get what you asked for, and <laughs> we're going to just go ahead and put you in a hearse as a prank. And then somehow... Some kind of wires get crossed, and he accidentally gets, like, sent to the netherworld. And he gets sent to, like, a Beetlejuice waiting room yeah, where then he Gilbert has to Godfrey. go. And Gilbert Gottfried is the horrible, like, DMV attendant guy who gets to decide, like, who's going through the doors. It's a pretty great little piece of literature, honestly, I it's think. It's really fun. Yeah. yeah. Especially in the end, they actually do send the kid through to the other side. Because Gilbert Gottfried is like, no, fuck you. But then, like, whoever's on the other side is like, come on, seriously, this person's You've not dead. Mistake. Yeah. And then he's like, ah, oh, there goes my pension. It's like, but... You- but you're already dead, you're though. You're dead, though. So what's your pension even like for? Is there a second afterlife to worry about? Why would you have a job in your afterlife if you could avoid it? Well, see, he worked at the Department of Motor Vehicles. So what is, like, the overarching impact like what's the- of all of Are You Afraid of the Dark watching it so many times through? Like, I'm curious about how it made you feel watching every single episode, not just the select few that I have watched because I am a lazy person, but real dedication. And I also did force you to watch all this. Um, I just feel really fulfilled. (laughs) I feel like I have this categoric knowledge now. That was, it was your vocation to learn everything you could about Are You Afraid of the Dark and you succeeded? Somebody has to. Somebody has to remember. Somebody has to, yeah. And it was my job. You're the bard. Yes. Of Are You Afraid of the Dark. I go and I sit on the corner and I sing its praises. Yep. You sing the tale of 109.1. Yeah. Though, you know what? That's not even one of my favorites. It's just that it has Ryan Gosling and Gilbert Gottfried in it. It's pretty okay. What's but there's favorite? better ones. Oh, shit. Okay. I, you knew this question was coming. You should have been prepared. My period cramps hurt oh, so boy. bad right now. Oh, no. I remember. It was Tale of the Dark Music. Okay. That is episode nine of season one. And my God, I love it. I love it to death. So a kid and his family move into his, like, great uncle's house who just died mysteriously and also was pretty wealthy in life, weirdly. And they're just like, how did he make his money? And the mom is like, mm, he's old. Old uh, people just have money. He's old. You know, they find it somewhere on mm-hmm. the street. Anyway, he goes down to the basement one day to do some work and turns on music and then finds that when you turn on music in the basement, a door opens and a creature comes out and tries to eat you. In various ways, it disguises itself... 
and tries to get you to come into the closet or it just grabs you. There's like a giant creepy doll at one point. There's like a circus at one point. It's pretty fun. So this kid is just like, whoa, I can like scare this horrible bully whose life is really sad, by the way. Like it's very clear why Mm. this bully is a bully because his dad is really abusive. So the kid lures the bully into the basement, just turns on music full blast, and then the bully disappears. And he's like, what happened to the bully? And then in his place is like a new bicycle. And then the closet opens up and it's like, hey, kid, thanks for feeding me. If you keep doing this, I'll keep giving you good shit. Mm. (laughs) And he's like, huh? And then his little sister from upstairs is being obnoxious. And he's just like, hmm. And that's how it ends. (laughs) I fucking love it. Because for one thing, there's like a rich world in which we know that the great uncle then, you know, Mm -hmm. probably used this thing to make his money and probably fed it kids. Uh And now this kid is also going to feed it kids. See, here's my question, though. Does no one think weirdly about the high number of missing persons cases eh. originating from this one spot? We don't have to think about that. We should, though. Nah. <laughs> You're suspending your disbelief. I mean, I'm sure the uncle had a real system. Whereas here, we only see, like, the first one, maybe okay. two. But maybe the uncle was out, like, grabbing drifters off the side of the road yeah. on the highway. I'm sure he had it pretty well figured out. He was he why you don't managed hitchhike. to be, yeah, this guy. He'll bring you to his basement and make you be eaten. Yep. Wow. I'm I'm looking at Abby's like notes right now, and there are notes on like every episode from every season. Excuse you, it's like four, f- five, or eight from each season. Four, five, or eight from each season. It's lots. That are the notable episodes with the ones that are most notable, bolded, and little synopses <laughs> for each one. This is Abby. Has there been like a people's history of this written? Because if not, I think you should write it. It's my destiny. I'm, I'm sure one already exists because our culture has like hashed and rehashed and triple hashed. Wikipedia probably has it. Just about every single cultural object possible. There's probably a wiki for this. So the main cast, though, is pretty fun to, like, follow them through the seasons. There are a couple from the first season who don't quite last. Uh, There's Eric, who only ever told two stories, and one of them is one of the worst stories. What's his face in the leprechaun? Jake in the leprechaun? Oh, God. Horrible. I made Maddie watch that. that, um... The kids themselves had any say about which one of the tor- stories they told? No, because uh, the kids actually, they have like themes usually to what stories they tell. So, oh, like, okay. they kind of they tend to assign it based on um, what the themes are. Yeah. Some of the stories are more arguably stories than others. Some of them are just kind of like, they remind me of those creepypastas that don't really like have a plot or anything. They're just yeah. kind of like a spooky thing. Ooh. I feel like Tale of the Whispering Walls is an, an example of that. Yes, absolutely. I made Maddie watch that one. It's, it was just like a list of spooky words. It's bad. It was like, but monster. for some reason, I really like it. No, I know the reason. I'm, I'm, it's because there's a boy in it who's cute. There's a cute boy. There's a cute he's boy. He's got a it. really nice jacket. Anyway, yeah, and he's like creepy. He's got a really dumb voice, but he's real creepy in like a cute way. Anyway, but uh, Tale of the Whispering Walls is kind of just, it's got something though, and that's why I like it. It's kind it of like. It almost has a plot. It almost kind of, but it never really explains it well yeah like honestly it reminds me of something you know what it reminds me of that one episode of american horror story which i i only watched the first season of american horror story because i didn't even really like that one and it was only because there was a blogger who was recapping it who was really hilarious and so i like watched the episodes to like see what she was talking about yeah we're not fans um but i am not a fan of american horror story at all Nope. Uh, I think it is stupid. But but it has this one thing where, like, on Halloween, all the all oh, the yeah. ghosts can walk around. 
So it's kind of like that, except in the Tale of the Whispering Walls, it's when there's a full moon on leap year. Which like happens once every, like, 67 years or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then all the ghosts get to walk around. And also, the creature that seems to be the, either inhabit this house or, like, is the house and has to, like, keep himself alive somehow, has to trap someone in the house. Uh-huh. before sunset, and then absorbs them into the house. Oh, you know what? Oh, shoot. Totally reminds me of um, David Mitchell's new book, Slade House. <laughs> oh, he yeah. clearly stole it. He from clearly Tales stole it from, yeah, from this. That's like, it's absolutely, actually, now that I think about it, it's direct word-for-word plagiarism. Whoa. Yep. You know, it is uh, speculated that that has happened another time. Oh, really? Tale of the Dream Girl, episode 10 of season 3. Uh, it is said to be what The Sixth Sense was based on. Oh, really? It is. It's really cute. It's one of the better episodes. I definitely recommend it. A brother who works at a bowling alley with his sister. And the sister, well, all this ruined it. It is like The Sixth Sense in that uh-huh. he only ever actually talks to his sister. But you don't pick up on it right away. And you keep seeing this girl all over the place who is like another person he talks to. And then uh, turns out he died in a car crash. And that's uh-huh, his girlfriend uh-huh. who also died in a car crash. And uh-huh. she's trying to get him to figure it out and go away with her. And then they do. Oh, no, and he's dead. But the sister is just like, oh, I'm going to miss you. Oh, my gosh, Abby. I didn't want to, I didn't want to feel things today. Yeah, sorry. After that This is Are You Afraid of the Dark. Are You Afraid of the Dark. Famous for its emotional. Yeah, definitely. Substance. So they sometimes will do little events. In season four, the intro, or like the first couple episodes, are the tale of Cutter's Treasure, which I haven't watched in a while, but I'm pretty sure... It is a crossover between Frank and Gary's universes, which was destined to happen. Yeah. So Sardo and Vink can be together. That was spoons again. She's so upset with us. <laughs> anyway, it's fine. She's just on the scanner. Because she can't find us. Yeah. She doesn't know where we are. Anyway, Tale of Cutter's Treasure is like a pirate story about ghosts and pirates. I don't really like pirates. I don't like pirates either, and that's why I don't really care. Anyway. I used to like pirates, though. Like, when I was a kid, I was, like, 100% pirates. Woo! Wow. But, but then I was, just like, no. Maybe you on pirates. I think I did. I think it was, like, overexposure to, like, Pirates of the Caribbean came out, and about then is when I lost interest. That'll do it. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Okay. She's trying to walk she's on it. She's trying to walk on the blanket. <laughs> oh, my Ooh, God. I hate her. Don't walk there either, Spoons. That's paper. <laughs> she's desperate. Oh, uh, will you take a picture of this, Abby? Yeah, we're under a blanket. Where are the people under a blanket? We're so crazy. Okay, well, she's uh, here with us. now here with us. Under Finally under the blanket. She's going to scream Do you think she more. likes being under here? No. She's settling in. She's our friend now. She's our mascot. So there's, some, there's another crossover. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Spoons well, you'll have to forgive. Licking her toes super right loud next right to next, the next to the mic. <laughs> so this is going to be is, great. This has become the cat podcast. I'm so sorry. Cat-cast. I keep trying to be professional, and then shit like this happens. Um, we don't need to be professional. This is the Sister Time Podcast. But it's people about, say I should be professional. D- uh, don't listen to them. It's all about sisterhood. But what if people can't listen because it sounds so bad? Well, I don't think we've had one yet where people actually can't listen. Well, the first one we ever did. Well, yeah, but everybody's first podcast they ever did sounds terrible. So, uh, the start of season seven, there is a three-part event called The Tale of the Silver Sight. It's kind of like a movie, basically. For season six and seven, they actually switched over to a new cast of kids. Because, of course, the old kids aged out. That's probably how the Midnight Society works, actually. Yeah, I mean, actually... As soon as you get older, you get murdered. And they replace you with a new person who has your same soul. Funny story. Tale of the Silver Sight is all about, like, the first Midnight Society. 
kind of go back to the roots of the Midnight Society. So Gary teams up with the new kids, which actually are headed by Tucker, his younger brother. Gary went off to college or something. College or the war. Or whatever Mary do. He died and is back from the dead for this. But uh, Transmorphed into his next form. Indeed. And they kind of visit all of the people who their like, grandfather knew who were part of the Midnight Society. And some of them are a little weird. There's a family that now lives in the sewer. Okay. Yeah, there's some guy in a junkyard who's just like, that was a horrible time in my life. Horrible things happened as a result. It was not good. It didn't end well for them. There mm-hmm. was a magical uh, thing called the Silver Sight that tore the team apart and was hidden somewhere in town. So it is not actually a story. It is a story about the Midnight Society, which is really exciting. Was it good, though? I mean, like, I usually, as a kid, did not love the meta stuff all that yeah. much. I continued to not love meta things. It was still not as fun as just their normal episodes. Mm-hmm. Like, all of the comic books that, like, Ugh. talk about being comic books really get on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was okay. It's fine. It was, you know, fun for what it was. But it could only be so fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did have stuff like that family that lived in the sewer, so they did have a little bit of fun with it. Also in that season, there's a Phantom of the Opera episode. Oh, you know your how favorite. I feel. I'm going to rant about this one. It's okay. not a good episode. It's one of the last episodes, and that's probably for a reason. <laughs> it was called The Last Dance. It's episode 11 of season 7. I think it gets rid of all the problems from Phantom of the Opera and replaces them with good stuff. Because, of course, Phantom of the Opera... Up- yeah. Like Raul. Well, actually, it just makes him shittier. Because in the like story, it's clear that she shouldn't be with the Phantom because he's actually he's a bad person. Dangerous he's dangerous. Yeah. He murders people. He's like real gross. You know, all the kidnapping stuff is pretty bad. And mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. teaching Christine how to sing is really gross. He basically like grooms Christine from when she's like twelve, and that's yeah, really gross. Pretty gross. It's pretty gross. But in this one, it's just that. Uh, so it's a school instead of an opera. Okay. And there's this chick who's real good at violin. Mm-hmm. Just naturally. On her own. She's mm-hmm. awesome. And then she's got this real shitty boyfriend who's just like, eh, why are you only playing violin? I don't care that much about violin. Can you hang out with me instead and make out or whatever? But like every he's boy just I like a real shit. <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't care about her interests at all. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, I have like a recital. I have shit to do with my life. And he's like, don't do that with your life. It's useless. What are you ever going to do with that violin skill? Nothing. Make out with me. So that's I am gross. obviously preferable to a violin. Yeah, oof. As if. Anyway, but then uh, secretly, there is a guy who has been um, watching her play violin and likes oh, it very much. Oh, that's a little creepy, too. Well, he's watching her because he's like, I'm horribly deformed. And then uh, one day, lures her down into his... Well, see, uh, they're about to close down the school and, like, knock it down. Okay. So he's kind of desperate. He's just like, I need to connect with her. So he's just like, hang out with me. All we can see is his horrible little mole people hands. Oh, God. And she's just like, holy shit, I'm about to die down here. This is so gross. And then he takes his hood off, and he's a beautiful man. He just has mole hands? <laughs> he just has mole hands. And he's like, I'm disgusting and deformed. And she's like, you're fine, actually. You're fine. You just have weird hands, and though. he's like, I really like your violin, and can you violin for me? And she's like, Yeah. <laughs> I love to violin. Yeah, like totes. So she plays violin for this very attractive man in the basement, and they uh, hang out. I think that's really cute. Does he have a house? Yeah, it's where nice. He lives? He's got like a little place. Wait, I mean, does I don't he have understand. Does he go to the school? I don't know. Like, I don't get any of it. Why is he there in a school? Like, why are there so many sub-basements in this school and a giant cavern that he falls into at the end? falls into yeah he like saves somebody probably he dies a very noble death he dies yeah he dies Mohan's guy dies Mohan's guy the best guy ever dies but it's implied that maybe he lived maybe 
But like, That's what kind depressing. of school is this? It's very depressing. It's so sad. And then she winds up with her shitty, horrible boyfriend because of Seriously? course he's just like, oh, my woman is gone. Where she went? And then goes down and it's just like a horrible creature has kidnapped you. I'll save you. And she's like, don't please. Uh-huh. And then he's like, it's too late. I killed him. Abby, that sounds terrible. That sounds not better than Phantom of the Opera. Well, it's only better because he's nice. And with the best, and the Raul best, is shittier. Let's be clear here. The best version of Phantom of the Opera, it happens kind of like how you're saying. She has this guy who doesn't get her skill, and then there's this guy who does get her skill, and he's, like, horribly deformed. And she's like, oh, hey, it doesn't really matter to me whether they're horribly deformed or not. And he's like, mm. really? And then he, like, lives a normal life and goes out and gets a job. Yeah. And so they have like, a then they get married and have lots of horribly deformed little babies. Like, that. That's a dream come true. That is how that should go. That is the version of Phantom of the Opera I would like to see. If anyone knows of any media that is like that, that just has only happiness, that is basically what I crave. Brendan talks to me all the time about how I don't like uh, stories because I pretty much just want everything to always end happily and for never there to be any conflict at all and for everyone just to sit around making jokes until, like, the murder is solved or the mystery is over or, hey, the storm is gone. Like, that's, that is all I want. Like, you can take any kind of story, any story there is, and, like, turn it into my ter- my version of the story. Like, give me a story. Uh, like the Cask of Amontillado? Is that the one where he gets walled, down, walled up in the basement? Yeah, it's a meme right now. Why is it a meme right now? I don't know, but it's very funny. I, I can't do that one. Give me a different one. I don't know. How about Romeo stories? and Juliet? Okay, sure. So, yeah. So no, I hate that one. Why do you hate that one? It's boring. Okay. Uh, okay, go for Macbeth? it. Yeah, do Macbeth. All right, yeah, so happy, happy good version of Macbeth is um, they they still kill Duncan and everything, but then Lady Macbeth is like, hey, yo, Macbeth, like, we can still rule this kingdom if you just, like, straighten up and fly right. And she doesn't have the, like, thing with her blood on her hands or anything, and he doesn't really, like, go bonkers off the deep end, and they just, like, rule happily, and the witches come and visit, and they all hang out and, and have cool conversations. What you I basically like is, uh, like, I like Jim Jarmusch storytelling style. Get a bunch of interesting people in a room together and see what happens. It has to be character-driven, and that's what mm-hmm. it is with, like, Terry Pratchett's work, is you love the characters so much. You yeah. actually want them to succeed. You don't want them to suffer. Instead of, like, situationally driven, which usually means something pretty pretty anxious. And, like, also just really bland characters a lot of the time. Which is, honest, yeah, like, none of... The, the reason why the kids themselves, I think, stand out so much in these retellings of the of the episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark is because the most interesting characters are the kids in the Midnight Society. It's true. Like, the, the characters they're in the stories they tell are, like, and you can, not... Because they're stereotypes, you immediately glom onto the one you're most like. Yeah. Like, well, I love Kiki because she's what I want to be because she's so cool. Uh-huh. And then I love Stig because he's what I was. I'm definitely Gary. Yeah, you're Gary. No, I'm no, Gary. are you? Am I Gary? Or the blonde girl? She has no personality, though. No, you're not the blonde girl because she's no one. Yeah. She's just, I'm a girl. I am here. There's also. a couple, like, there's a few girls. What about that girl? Wait, which one's Kiki? Uh, Kiki is the black girl. Okay. Kiki, so Kiki's the one who's like, tough, I'll, I'll kick your butt. Yeah, she's tough as nails. What about the one with the, the black haired girl who oh, tells. Oh, man, um, she's the best. Am I her? No. Oh. Because she is an unobtainable standard of amazingness. Oh. She's so cool. I'm she just tells scary. like she's so quiet and unassuming and then she tells gruesome tales and that's yeah. what she's famous for is just telling the weird like looking, gross shit. Looking like she's not going to and then telling and like she's just fucking... like I think about scary stuff all the time. I think about death a lot. Yeah. I'm your cute friend who thinks about death. <laughs> I love her. Does that mean I am I'm a Gary after all? I feel like you're too fun to be Gary. Am I a fun version of Gary? Yeah, you're Oh, you're Tucker. 
Oh, shit, Maddie, you're Tucker. Wait, is Tucker Gary's little brother? Yeah, Gary's little brother. He's the fun Gary. The fun Gary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of, you know, he likes to get on people's nerves, but that's not really you. But I feel like, you know, once that kid grows up, maybe. He'll be more like me. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll be Tucker, you be Kiki from now on. We'll call each other that. Well, like I said, I don't think I am her. You aspire to Kiki. Yeah. Maybe, no, I don't think I am as cool as that. Oh, God, what's her name? Hold on. I have to look up her name. <laughs> Betty oh, Ann? Betty Ann. That's her. Yes. Betty Ann? Betty Ann. Is her name? A vibrant girl who has an open and eager passion for the bizarre and twisted. Betty Ann? Betty Ann. That's a rough name to pull off. Though maybe it's not that bad when you're in fucking Canada. Yeah. I'm amazed that we have not yet spoken of how Canadian this show is. It's so cute. All of it is filmed in Canada. There's all this stuff about hockey. Yep. And all this plaid. It's like aggressively Canadian to the point where it's kind of like, isn't, is living in Canada really like this? Like, do you really think about hockey this much? There's this one episode that is particularly Canadian, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, that is The Tale of the Crimson Clown, which is episode 12 of season another three. Another clown one? Yeah, another clown one. I like this. It's a really creepy clown. There's a lot of hockey in it, I think. And there's lots Hockey's, of plaid, and it's, like, snowing outside. And it's like, we have to go get a birthday present for our mom. So, like, Aww. they're being nice, and they're using their own money. Like, the older brother is the nice one, and the younger brother is just like, haha, I'm going to use the money we were going to spend on mom's present on a video game. Oh, that's the worst thing a Canadian can imagine. Yeah. So he bought himself a video game, and then the older brother finds out, and it's just like, you have to return that, or else the crimson clown will get you. Because they saw a creepy clown in the shop they went to to buy something nice for their mom. And does yeah, he? be honest. No. <laughs> so then the crimson clown comes for him. Oh, no. So, Abby, we have talked We have talked long. We, we have, have talked hard. It is, it is now the, the time. time. It is now the time for highs and lows. But I know this is going to be difficult for you. I didn't even type up notes on this. I can't do this. Okay, so so you don't so let's 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 switch it up because we know what your answer is going to be to the highs is that there are too many All highs. It. If you That's had to watch lot. one episode of this show over and over nonstop for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Oh shit. Let me look through my episode notes. Yeah, your like desert island episode. I don't think they're good enough for that. <laughs> like there isn't one that's good enough for that? Okay. Which one would you show to your kids once they become old enough to be like, look at this show? Hey, kids, watch this. I bet you didn't know your mom liked things this scary and cool. I would probably do dark music first. Then for follow the, it up kids. with, like, one of the clown episodes. Probably about, Crimson Clown because it is better than Laughing in the Dark. What about your least, like, the one that's, like, you would you would hide this from your children so that they would not know this about you? Uh, the tale of the frozen ghost. The frozen ghost? I didn't even write it down in my notes. I hate it. Okay, cool. Half of it is this kid going, I'm cold, in the same way over and over again. Bad episode. Don't watch that episode. Cool. I've watched a tiny fraction of the episodes that you have watched, so I don't really feel like I can speak from a place of authority, but I can say that I do like watching little baby celebrities pop in and out of the frame every once in a while that and just being deep. like, was that, does that was that Nev Campbell? There's an episode with Jewel State, and she's so small. Oh, the tiniest Jewel State. And that's yeah. another one of those episodes, though, that's, like, really disconnected and has, like, some good parts, but you're just like, what? But uh, probably what I don't like, this is going to get meta. Oh, boy. Existential. So, oh what no. I, so what I don't like about revisiting these old shows is that when I was a kid, a lot of these shows were just invested with a very, very deep sense of magic, like, to them, to the show itself. Because there was a, a specific time that they were on TV, and you had to catch it at the right time. And it was always really exciting when they would play, like, back-to-back over and over this show and, like, whatever other favorite show I had. And it was just, like, a magical moment. I no longer get that feeling because everything is always accessible to me immediately. I can watch anything I want. There is no sense of, like, specialness or, like, oh, God, I caught it at exactly the right time. Or, like, for the next two hours I will not be leaving in front of the TV because they're playing a marathon of this show that I super love. If they were playing an episode you'd seen before, it was a special kind of letdown. 
It was like, oh, God, it's not a new one. It's not something where I can, like, become excited and engaged all over again. It's just, it's the same thing again. Now, I can just, I could just watch every single episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark that was ever made, then do it again and again and again. And it's so easy. It's the easiest thing in the world. And I think, I think a little bit of texture went out of the world once we had that capability. That was an amazing feeling that I don't have anymore. Yeah. The feeling of, like, an Invaders in a Marathon or something. Yeah. And it was just like, yes, the show I like, the one show I like. (laughs) Yes. Finally, they're playing it just for me. God, just October every year. It was just like, yes. Yes. Finally going to play Halloween Town again. Yay. Should we watch that? I've seen all four. Oh, four of them. There are four of them. There are four Halloween's Town. We'll have to save that for next year's Halloween special. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, look forward to that, Maddie. All right. But you know what? It's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. All right, well, I'm going to go put an ice pack on my aching ovaries. I'll make you chicken and And you'll make me some soup. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks to Abby's Patreon supporters from the deepest cockles of our hearts. Yes, very much. You let me live. And if you have any suggestions for shows we should watch, please email sistertimepodcast, all one word, all lowercase, at gmail.com. And until next time, have a very spooky Halloween. Don't see too many ghosts, but if you do, please tell me about it. (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye.